Welcome back, y'all, to episode 128 of the Zachary Wingate podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast. I said podcast a lot there. Informing you as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. A big day, y'all, kind of looking at different aspects of tech, sports, what's going on in the world. So let's go ahead and get into the show. Starting off, your boy is back, Sam Bankman Freed. Today was not a good day for him. And finally, we kind of see some litigious actions, if you will, from the U.S. Committee on Financial Services. I sat through and watched this um, press release or press brief on the laws that were broken, which were wire 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 transfers, as well as um, money laundering, kind of looking at multiple things. So we're kind of getting a new level of what's happening with San Bankman Freed and FTX as well as Elamina Research. I did a couple podcasts ago giving an overview of this. And one thing I was really iterating is throughout all these interviews, we see Sam Bankman Freed constantly saying he wasn't aware of it. Now, both of his parents are from Princeton graduate degrees. They've studied law, they taught law, they know law back and forth. He is currently sitting in a prison in the Bahamas and he was denied bail. So moving forward, what does it mean? Um, You have a lot of things coming out of this committee meeting if you look at it. One of the first things is, which I didn't know that like this could happen, but the financial committee issued a CEO for FTX and this this CEO oversaw the transfer of Enron, multiple frauds like this, and he's saying this is one of the worst cases he's ever seen in his entire life and just calling it quote good old-fashioned embezzlement end quote now when we look at sam brakeman freed and all of his interviews using fancy language trying to articulate with the margins and how the liquidity wasn't there and implementing and providing the fact that if you look at the research with what was bitcoin just all of that kind of rhetoric it comes down to the simple fact that he was embezzling money and and they have enough to where they're already bringing him in, you know, and it's kind of funny because during the press conference, like we acted so fast. This is one of the fastest corruptions we ever done. The law, you know, we everyone's doing the work, but it's like, first of all, like he literally gave himself up. I mean, you guys didn't really crack the case. You didn't really do anything. You might have been monitoring it, but I've looked at their website and they don't really have anything posted on FTX until the last month. So. First of all, the financial service, I think, should potentially go under review because how did you not pick this up? I mean, it's kind of your job to identify certain things like this. I mean, if you look at what it says about us, okay, and you look at what kind of what they said, it's like this committee is to help help housing and financial services, including banking, insurance, real estate, public, and housing. All right, that's the committee. Okay, so six hours ago, the DOJ kind of released what their charges against Sam Bankman-Fried. 
yeah, Zan, you know, Sam Baker Green is being charged with eight counts of indictment with fraud, money laundering, and campaign finance offerings. I mean, what the heck? The United States Attorney in the District has tried him, you know, with through the FBI or Sam Bankman Freen, aka SBF, for conspiracy for wire fraud, conspiracy on common fraud, conspiracy on security fraud. I mean, everything. They're throwing the book at him. I didn't find the crypto. You know, this is kind of what is so interesting about this case is you have all these people um, coming and putting all these cases, all this charges on him. But man, Sam Bankman Freen really shot himself in the foot because he was doing all of these interviews and he should have just been quiet. It's like now they have you on interview. They can dictate what's going. It's like, why go through the process of trying to do a get out of get out of jail approach? I mean, you have everyone really coming down on him. You even have Elon Musk prior saying that, you know, he never trusted him. There's no way a third year old is going to have five billion in liquidity that they can just invest. So, you know, those things are red herrings to a few people. But the fact that he was able to swindle so many is really interesting, because if you look at the campaign finances. Okay, so it I said this before, it could potentially even come out that Ukraine government was investing in FTX and the FTX with funding was then being moved to democratic campaign financing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that could indicate that because of how much was spent in the campaign finances in this campaign they spent so much um, within the last month before the elections for Senate and House. I mean, it's pretty unreal. So you look at that money and now the DOJ is trying them. It's really interesting to see where it's going to go, you know, and, you know, he might be going into prison for a really, really long time. And, you know, you kind of look at his background and it's kind of crazy, um, you know, what's even being said. You know, some are even saying that he was on a rare drug and that this drug was helping him with. Hold on one second. FTX's 30-year-old frontman, Sam Bakeman fried He was taking Segaline. Segaline is something you take for Parkinson's. I don't think he had that though. And so it can do some things to like release dopamine in your brain. So it kind of might've been a limitless patch. Here's some of the side effects from taking Segaline. Hypersexuality, pathological gambling, and other intense urges. FTX. I mean, I, I do think that you kind of hear that and you're like, all right, he was taking drugs. And I always say that because watch that be something in the case like you know i think what's really going to be interesting about this case is how well does sam bankman be sam bankman free do and is his parents going to be involved of it you know are we going to see this type of situation happen but i think too the real story is how off the mark the sec was in this whole thing i mean I really think the story is, you know, how, you know, this is like a massive miss and I want to put it in this scale. It's almost like a 9-11 kind of miss. And I say that because the SEC's sole job is to do investment, maintain fair order and effective markets in financial capital format formations, formats. Our mission is to request timeless comment commitments and unique experiences for our staff. Okay, I'm having a little bit of a dyslexic moment. But the point being is they're reading it out on what they're about, and I'm looking at their website right now. How do you miss this? They're saying this is the potential biggest fraud case ever in U.S. history, potentially even in the world. 
and we're looking at it like the only reason why we know about it is because of everything Sam Bateman Freeman has said. Okay. So I think the really big story is like, how is this missed? You know, is anybody going to hold them accountable? Because it's like, that's their job. I mean, it's like, it's like the equivalent of if, um, you have Paulo, Pablo Escobar all over Twitter, all over social media, all over the news talking about how he didn't know his entity was selling cocaine. And the DA is like, we worked really hard to determine it. And it's like, well, everyone already knew what he was doing. I knew what he was doing. I'm not even part of the SEC. You know, it's like I've did multiple podcasts on it. And I think sometimes we have this situation where the bureaucratic whatever misses the mark. And this is an example. And I, I looked at the press release and it was kind of like disheartening because of how they were kind of taking this victory lap they commending everything they were doing and all of this and it's like wow you know you guys probably need to do a better job if you're going to work in this in government environment and try to protect people's finances i mean this fdx had a super bowl commercial with larry davis tom braden and stephan curry and they are saying that this is the worst financial um corruption scandal of our generation potentially ever you know fdx was valued at 35 billion they had no board. They were taking investments. You know, even Elon Musk knew something was off. And we're looking at it now kind of to be like, what is going to be outcome? So I stay tuned on it. I'll, I'll keep you guys updated and informed. Now I'm going to go ahead and change kind of topics, getting into some different things. Okay, so, you know, it's really interesting, like, when we talk about Elon Musk, and obviously there's a lot of news, but what's really interesting is, you know, all these people have all these ideas about what he's going to do with Twitter, planetary communication through Mars, you know, implementing and creating Twitter as, like, WhatsApp, which is used in China, which is your all-purposing communication app, you know, kind of working in, you know, it's it's kind of like, actually, it's Weixing, WhatsApp is what we use here. A big thing that's coming up now is the fact that, you know, PayPal is saying that anyone who transfers $600 over more needs to market or identify what's happening. You know, Elon Musk and his brother helped start PayPal and they sold it. It's one of the biggest companies, I think top five in terms of investment and revenue. Here's what's getting interesting. Elon Musk is potentially going to create Twitter as a form for purchases. I mean, I mean, I say that because it's kind of interesting, like, because we have Elon Musk using Twitter in a new way. He's already releasing these Twitter files, which kind of gets people going. You know, engagement is up. All, all the things are going on. So it's going to be really interesting to see where it goes from here. You know, how is Twitter going to be utilized? It's going to be a different app. I mean, is Twitter going to be used for spatial communications? And in other news with um, Elon Musk, looking at kind of where Elon Musk is. So what's interesting now is as a result of Elon Musk's new nanotechnology, we have a chip tied to the brain. Um, according to Vox News, the Neuralink is right now under federal investigation because it's violated the Animal Welfare Act. We're looking at kind of the Neuralink and what's been happening. And it's been, testing has been happening since 2008. And we've had around 1,500 animals die as a result of the Neuralink. This is recently told through Reuters for a potential whistleblower, okay? So the USDA has the Welfare Act for the Neuralink and it's a rare connection with the agency. Usually they're hands off as it relates to animal research. 
but with this report from Reuters in the U.S. House Representative Earl, oh, let me get it. So Earl Blumery is actually a Democrat from Portland with the House, and you have Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff as well with the Democratic Party, um, writing a letter to the U.S. DA, kind of talking about this high-profile case with animals. So. All of a sudden, it's pretty interesting. You know, we knew that they would be coming after Elon Musk. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying, you know, is there some type of correlation between the Twitter files being released and all of a sudden within the last few days? I mean, the last one is this article in the last. Yeah. In the last three days, we have Neuralink going under investigation I think that there's something going on here and we probably really need to potentially assess what it is. Um, I don't know what that sound had to do with anything. But you're, I'm, I'm reading through the article now and obviously it's very tragic to lose 15 animals and the Neuralink is freaky. I mean, and that hooking up to animals' brains and going through the research, I think at some point would be pretty intense. You know, you think about the funding what's going on with it and things of that nature. So this is a story that's breaking as well. Um, and we can kind of take it from where that goes. You know, we'll see where this story ends up, how it lands, and I'll keep track of it as well. Moving on. Okay, getting into Mike Leach's story. Now, Mike Leach was an SEC coach. He coached for Mississippi State, Texas Tech, multiple schools. Now, I think what made him so interesting is the fact that he did what he wanted to do. You know, he's known for his off-cut interviews at time, his unorthodox way of thinking, and the fact that he got his law degree, his master's degree, and he still continued to pursue the dream of football. I'm saddened by the loss of his presence, Looking at his interviews and the influence that he had, you can tell he was a man who truly lived the life he wanted to live, and he pursued it. He helped people through football. He had a passion and an understanding of the game that was unrelentless. I remember in the last game against Arkansas and Mississippi State, he got so frustrated that he started taking the seats up from the sidelines because he didn't want his players to sit down because they didn't deserve it. He even had football espionage where he would release and drop plays from Oklahoma that Texas would pick up and lose, and that would allow them to win 17-0. Mike Leach, I must salute you, and thoughts and prayers to your family. 